Hello and welcome to BU Review Service. This week we are talking about Drive to Survive, show on Formula One. This week on the pod, I've got Shannon Iriarty and Shweta Surendran. How are you guys doing today? Good, John. I mean, that was a good job on my name as well. So thank you very much. How are you? I am great. Just so all the listeners know, that was not my fourth try attempting Shway's name. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, moving on, I am excited to be talking about the show here today. I've long wanted more sports talk on our podcast network. Shway, you are a longtime Formula One fan. Shannon, I know you are newer to it. So let me just have you guys introduce yourselves really quick and talk about your background with F1 and with the show in particular. And let's start with Shway. Right. Um, so I kind of got started in Formula One in a really weird way. So my dad used to take us karting when I was like really tiny, but it wasn't really about Formula One, just used to enjoy karting. But um, in boarding school, I used to read a lot about Formula One in the newspapers, purely because I used to have an entire gambling ring based on who wins and who doesn't win in like fifth grade. <laughs> but kind of that kind of evolved into just sporadic bursts of watching a few seasons never really following it entirely till like 2016 onwards. So that was the year Nico Rosberg and Hamilton had this huge fight and it was just very, very entertaining. I loved it. And I think from 2018, I started watching entire seasons. (laughs) So I've been very rabid, I think a rabid sports fan, especially with Formula One. But um, I did watch Drive to Survive in 2018. I thought it was great. But I think from then on, I have a lot of thoughts about it. So I'm going to just wait for Shannon (laughs) and go after that. Yeah, I mean, I was someone that started getting into F1 solely through the influence of others. Um, I have a very dear friend from back home that was telling me to watch this show, Drive to Survive on Netflix, for probably the last year. And as I met Shway... Um, I would see her articles about F1 and I knew that I needed to start watching it soon enough. So over winter break in December of 2020, I binged the first two seasons of Drive to Survive and I was hooked. I probably finished the series within two to three days and I've been following it ever since up to now. And so, Shway, I'm going to ask you this question at risk of throwing this podcast totally off the rails. But before we get into Drive to Mm -hmm. Survive, I'd like you to give just a little bit of intel on Formula One for Mm -hmm. listeners who maybe haven't made that jump to it yet. What is it about this sport that you love and that Mm -hmm. that makes you a rabid fan? Right. Um, So Formula One is generally a racing series. It's 10 teams. 20 drivers, exorbitant amount of money spent on every car. And um, they just go racing around the globe. And I think there's a certain appeal to 20 guys deciding to step into a car that's going at 200, 300 odd miles an hour per minute and um, deciding to round corners at the same speed and overtake each other at the same speed. And I think every driver in the field is a personality in themselves. It's such an elite world, I feel. I think it's like a, I'd like to think of it as a modern art museum, right? You you can never really understand it, but you're all like very awestruck by it, like looking at it from outside. 
Um, so I think that's what kind of drew me to it. The speed, the money, I mean, the glamour of the whole thing. If you think of Formula One, you think like Monaco, they have this like the champagnes flowing. I mean, it's just great. I think it's a great spectacle. It's not just sport, it's entertainment. Um, and I think that's what kind of drew me that into that. And I think that's a great segue into Drive to Survive, which is obviously mm-hmm. this intersection between the sport itself and all the entertainment and personalities around it. Yeah. So Shannon, can you talk to us a little bit about sort of how this show works? What does an episode of Drive to Survive look like? What does a season of it look like? So the series is set up to cover one season and they have 10 episodes per season. So they ideally would cover one race per episode and they would also cover one team per episode. Or they would highlight a couple of the drivers depending on whether they're on the same team or they're they're on separate teams. But they basically walk you through a weekend on any given race day. Or so you'll start on the Friday and then you'll end on the Sunday. So they kind of change throughout the season. That's usually kind of the parameters of how it goes. And as somebody who had never watched any Formula One or anything like that going in, I have to say, I can definitely see how even new fans get hooked on this show because it really does invite you into this whole world of personalities. Like it's not just about the drivers, you're meeting Mm -hmm. the team owners and the people who work on the cars. And uh, I, I think the show does a really good job sort of, explaining to people who don't know like the big time drama behind these weird like technical car malfunctions and decisions that wouldn't have made any sense to you unless you were a hardcore fan right before that Mm -hmm. so let's talk about season three because that is the newest season that just dropped on netflix on march 19th so this covered the 2020 season Shui, what what are the big sort of arcs of the the 2020 season that you can expect to see on season three? So I think with season three, especially what happened on track during the season and what they showed on the show is quite different. So I would say the storylines vary, but some of the biggest arcs were, or just generally between the both of them, were the Mercedes dominance. They had um, incredible, uh, they had this incredible new steering system called DAS. So that was um, a story that kind of just ran throughout the year. Lewis Hamilton matched Michael Schumacher's seventh world title, which was, it's record breaking. Um, They also, uh, my favorite team, my darling Ferrari were were in the doldrums last year. They had a very, very, very miserable year. So I think it was the worst season for them in like 40 years. Um, So they covered a lot of that and A lot of the drivers, so the driver market last year was all over the place. Contracts were ending, drivers were moving all over the place. uh, And with COVID, it just ended up being a very short, compact season. And I think it it became perfect fodder for DTS to like take some of the drama and like just amplify it to a whole new level. And Shana, what do you think of that? Uh, How has season three, in your opinion, lived up to the initial seasons that that got you hooked on the sport in the first place? I think, if anything, as Shui was saying, there was a lot of different storylines with this last season, and Netflix used all of it. It gives you everything from drivers moving to different teams. It gives you, obviously, that exactly what Shui said, 
the COVID insight, that was probably the, that was the first series that I've watched that kind of teases at that actual time. You know, some of the owners walk into their buildings and they're just empty. And, you know, these are offices that fill like four to 500 people and it's just, nobody's there. And so you get a lot of that in real time, I believe, reaction from all of these teams and these drivers, you know, from that initial thought of like, oh, you know, this is going to be nothing to, you know, oh, we're going to be off for a few weeks. The whole structure of the season will be changed. So it really touches on all of that. I think personally that it gave me a lot more. I think as the seasons go on as well, you get a lot more visibility with a lot of the teams and a lot of the drivers. I think that has to do with obviously the success of the show from season one to season two to now three. So I like that. You get more insight to each of the drivers, each of the teams. As Shui said, top to bottom, you kind of get a piece of everyone um, that makes you know the teams work and function. Now, the timing of the way this documentary is released is really pretty interesting because Mm -hmm. you're getting it in March just after the previous year's season has ended. So for any fan of F1, you've already seen all the races on the track. You already know who wins these things. It makes it a little bit different than something like Hard Knocks on HBO, where it's like a documentary in real time. Or, you know, obviously we've got a lot more documentaries about stuff that happened well in the past. So, Shui, how how does that work for you? As a fan of the sport, you're so plugged into it. Mm -hmm. Do, Do you enjoy all this kind of like bonus content? Does it feel a little bit like, yeah, like I know I just watched this. I don't need to watch it again. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so I think that's a great question, John, but I think there's a cycle that every Formula One fan goes through. I'm going to like talk about the rabbit fans. <laughs> so they watch this entire season and then there's the winter break when the season gets over and everything just lulls down. And this, this like deprivation for content sets in where you're kind of used to seeing these drivers and cars on track weekend after weekend, especially in the last year where they had races almost every weekend. So You go from that to nothing for like three months till the cars come out for like pre-season tests in March. So I think Netflix very conveniently placed itself one week before testing. So there's so much hype built up around this drive to survive because there's such a void in content. But I think it played really well into their hands this year, especially because there was a lot of drama on track and there's a whole new section of fans that's come into the sport who really wanted to like everybody wanted to see that drama who's gonna what storylines get highlighted or I mean there was just a lot of need for gossip (laughs) I think so that kind of played well into Netflix's hands I particularly I wasn't really attracted to the hype this year I didn't I didn't buy into it I didn't I thought it was okay. <laughs> I was really excited when they put the opening like titles out for uh, DTS and I was, uh, the trailer was great. But I think beyond that, I was a little let down, but I'd, I'd be interested in hearing what Shannon thought considering she didn't see the season. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I was actually gonna say I'm, I'm on the flip side. I was someone that had vaguely been watching updates through Twitter or other news outlets throughout the last season. And I was really looking forward to seeing how Netflix was gonna cover it. I thought they did a pretty good job. They tease a lot of these things in the trailer and they wait until, you know, sort of towards the end to really 
introduce them. That also has to do with obviously how the season plays out as well. They kind of start the season at the beginning of, or they start the series at the beginning of the season and they end it obviously the same way. I wasn't let down. Um, I thought I was getting everything that I wanted to know, but yeah, as Shui said, I think, you know, there's some uh, newsworthiness that can kind of get thrown around to make it more of a spectacle for people that like myself that didn't really have a lot of knowledge going in um, up until this point. So, yeah. And so I'm curious, Shui, it seems pretty clear that you'd recommend this show as sort of a gateway to the sport that you love. Shannon, is this a show that like, is it sort of like don't watch Drive to Survive unless you're ready to get hooked and then you're gonna start watching European races? Or is it sort of like, this is also just good reality TV. If you're looking for something to binge, that's all you need and then you can move on. I mean, I think it's a little bit of both, to be honest. I'm a big sports fan all around. So for me, I found it easily addicting just because I can easily dive into a sport and just get really into it really quickly. But on the other side, I think Shway has mentioned it. You can see a little bit of everything from that sport. You get team stats, all that stuff, but then you really get to know these drivers depending on what they film. There's so much that goes on between the dynamics of two drivers and one team as they're not necessarily always working as a team. They are also their own opponents. So you get all of that. And I can totally see the reality end of it. Um, you know, the drama with uh, driver contracts ending and, you know, a lot of these drivers in this last season decide to make their decisions really early on in the season. That causes a lot of not controversy, but uh, just makes things a little uncomfortable with their own teams and, you know, who they're already now speaking with for the next year. So you get a little bit of both, I think from like a sports angle, if someone's really interested in that, you might be like myself and get really hooked. But I could also see maybe you watch a season, you get some drama from a few different, 20 different people plus, and you kind of get that fixed too. Yeah, one of the things I think is really cool about it is sort of that, that drama, everything that happens off the field or off the court is such a big part of being a sports fan right now. Like, and something especially like the NBA a massive part of the NBA world is not what's going on in the games, but everything, the teams moving around, contract demands, all that stuff. But I think it's usually people start watching basketball and then they get sucked into the drama. And this show seems to have the ability to work in the opposite way, where Netflix is able to present the drama in a really captivating way, which then feeds you into watching the actual races. And so I know there was a big race today, mm-hmm. start of the season, I think. I want to give you guys a chance to, to go off on that a little bit. Shway, how was the race today? Tell oh us about Oh my it. God. I, I, I feel like I'm still shivering from that race because <laughs> it was beyond. <laughs> it, was, it was great. I mean, I just finished writing the race, race review, which comes out on buns, shameless plug, so everyone can read that. But I mean, it was a great race. I feel like it, set the, it really set the tone for the season. Uh, so, I mean, it's so, I think for the past seven years, Mercedes have been so dominant and Hamilton's been untouchable in going into every season. So this year, Max Verstappen is like really taking the fight to him. And he finished 0.7 seconds behind Hamilton today. I mean, I was like pacing around the room and I don't even get nervous usually. <laughs> so yeah, today was, 
I feel like my knuckles are white. I have like nail marks on my hands. <laughs> yeah, that was my morning. How was yours, Shannon? I agree. I watched it live on ESPN. So as I mentioned earlier, this is the first time that I'm watching a season live. So I'm really excited. You know, we're going to do this podcast in a year from now when the next uh, season comes out. And I'll give you my real opinion without being just a viewer on a show. But I was just as hooked. I was yelling at the TV. I think it started off, we talk about the drama, but this time it was really just with the cars early on. Sergio Perez had a power failure Mm -hmm. right away and it forced him to be last in position and he ended up coming back. I mean, there's so many storylines that happen within an hour and a half of a race. Um, And that, yeah, that Hamilton Verstappen less than a second apart Mm -hmm. finish, that last like three or four to five laps was just like a nail biter I was just I couldn't yeah I was just plugged to my tv it was definitely a good start to the year or the season I think yeah so we will have to wait until next year and so we get the <laughs> right. behind the scenes I know. footage we see how Netflix mm-hmm. presents this stuff <laughs> we're winding down here but I want to leave it with you guys any final thoughts good or bad about drive to survive or if you just want to plug the formula one podcast I hope you guys are putting out in the near future. <laughs> I am going to say that I don't, I completely get why they're doing Drive to Survive. I mean, I got sucked into it on a whole other level as well because of the show. But I I feel like my biggest criticism of the show is because they keep manufacturing these like fake rivalries and these like storylines just to get a reaction out of the audience. It's just going to end up being, I mean, they're doing another season four. I saw the Netflix cameraman. Uh, NASCAR wants to do a similar show. MotoGP wants to do a similar show. Um, I heard Indica is having talks to do a similar show. I feel like motorsport is already very heavily scripted, (laughs) like with what drivers say, what drivers do. And DTS also in the long term will become like that. Formula One drivers and the teams will will know what they want to portray. And this behind the scenes idea of the whole thing is going to like dissipate. And it's just going to be gossip. And that's, I feel like it started already with my season three. No, no wonder I didn't finish it. I watched the fourth episode, which was great. <laughs> Sassy Sebastian Vettel. But, um, and Valtteri Bottas, I think everyone needs to give a shout out. <laughs> it was a great episode. Did you see that, John? I, I think haven't it was made it that far two. yet. Oh, no, yeah. you have to see that one. There's a particular scene. It leave everyone really uncomfortable. But I think that's my biggest criticism of the show. I'm, I'm curious to see how they take it going forward, whether they're just going to have season 100 by the time the, I mean, the next grandchild of like Hamilton's there. But um, I'm just curious about that. But I think it's a great place for like new fans to enter. I think everyone should watch it. Formula One is great. There's a place for everyone, especially like young women, uh, people of color, people who are not represented in the sport. I think they should, uh, this is a great place for them to like get hooked, get involved start writing, submit to buns. See, I'm, I'm getting good content for you. Yeah. <laughs> Go Formula One. Yeah. Do you have anything to add to that, Shannon? Or do you think I that's mean, our send-off? I agree. As I was a new fan through the show, I am excited now because I know them. It feels like kind of similar as we were talking about a reality show. Once you kind of have seasons going, you're just looking for those same characters. And so I was excited to see some of those personalities again and what they're up to. And all of that, but it is a question, I agree with Shway, where you don't know where it's gonna go from here. 
if it's going to be the same setup of a 10 episode season uh they cover 10 different races or just kind of bleed into one another will it be kind of will it hold the same weight moving forward or if it's something that you know they just do like little quick five minute behind the scenes videos you know like it almost could be something that like formulates into that I could see but yeah I agree I think it brings a lot of interest into motorsport for anybody that's kind of has a genuine little interest in it it can kind of answer your questions pretty quickly and I'm excited I mean that's interesting to hear that NASCAR and Indy Sport are kind of picking Mm -hmm. up on it because I feel like as someone that grew up here I wasn't didn't really I've never had an interest in NASCAR or any of that and so I think to see this on a large streaming platform like Netflix, it kind of will allow new audiences to come to. Awesome. I think we all agree, Drive to Survive, a great gateway into a new sports world if you're interested in that. Otherwise, it's just pretty fun reality TV. So go ahead and give it a try if you've got a subscription to Netflix. That's going to do it for us this time. You've been listening to VU Review Service. We'll be back next time to talk about whatever's new in streaming. Thanks and have a great week.